I mean, I, there was a lot of damage that has happened, but I don't hate him. And I was just telling Chelsea, like, on the way here, like, I always did until I honestly started listening to these podcasts. And it kind of opened my eyes listening to from other, like, other addicts, like, what they deal with. Because I never thought about that, you know? Like, I never thought about, like, well, what does he deal with on a daily basis? Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a podcast. Not only is this a podcast, but it's our journey. A journey that we hope you want to ride out with us as we intend to educate you guys, inspire, talk about past and current experiences, and to make one think to stop judging others. Most importantly, stop judging yourself based on others' views and perceptions. With that said, you'll be hearing from me, myself, Austin Kirshner, but along with our journey, on this podcast will be my mother, Kathy Kirshner, and my brother, Dylan Kirshner. With that said, welcome to Silencing of Stigma. We're going back to the roots. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Silencing of Stigma podcast. We have two special guests with us today. That would be Ashlyn and Chelsea. How are you guys related again? Cousins. Cousins. Yeah. Let's get started with, uh, how did you hear about the podcast, the Sound Same Stigma podcast? Um, through Facebook, and then my husband um, would listen to it, and then he kind of got me hooked onto it, so every week I, this is what I do. Okay. Sweet. We also have my mom here, for those that uh, want to know. Dylan couldn't make it, so you said you've been listening, you listen to all of them, or just a couple? Uh, most of them. I think I just missed like maybe one or two. One or two? Yeah. Do you like it so far? Yeah, it's helped me through kind of like still healing through all the things that I've been through. Okay, speaking of the things you've been through, do you want to get started as far as what you want to talk about? Yeah, um, so I'm going to start with like when I was younger and dealing with my mental health and then kind of go into the addiction um, side that I've dealt with. Okay. Um, so depression and anxiety has always been like a huge issue in my life, even back in elementary school. Um, I had really bad anxiety, but they just diagnosed me with ADD instead. Okay. Because um, back then, you know, they didn't talk about children with mental health. Yeah. Um, so that's always been an issue. And then, and I never know how to cope with it until like probably eight years old. Um, and I always, I came from like divorced parents. So like that was always a big issue. And then around eight I don't know what kind of hooked. All of a sudden, I started self-harming myself at eight years old. Um, so it started with, like, if I was a little anxious. And when I am anxious, I don't become, like, nervous. Or I become angry. Okay. I don't know why. I get completely out of control. Like, if I am not on my medication, um, and I just have such bad mood swings that I just become outraged and I'm not controlled in any way um so everything makes you mad yeah oh yeah little time yeah like yeah and I'll just you know if there's something that I can throw I'm throwing it if there's something (laughs) that I can't like it's I'm awful and I know I am that's why like I've been medicated for years now I know I can't go off my medications like I just know how I am especially like now that I have children like I can't act like that has Chelsea witnessed any of that never threw anything at me no I think I've been pretty good in front of, like, my family. Yeah. Like, there's always weird, like, 
my family is kind of old school on my dad's side. Like, we don't talk about that stuff. Everyone has depression in my family, I swear. But, like, nobody has ever talked about it. So, like, that was never, like, a big thing to discuss. So, like, when my self-harming came out to the family, it was just, like, all hell broke loose pretty much. You know, like, we'll get there. It was awful. (laughs) Um, So, eight years old, I started pinching myself. I would pull my hair. And then I would take safety pins and, like, you know, use them instead of knives. And then... Oh, garage door. Um, when you were doing that, you were eight years old, so what grade's that? What grade were you in? Third, maybe? Yeah. Did we learn about, like, self-harming ourselves yet? Mm-mm. So we didn't get there yet. Okay. No, so I don't know where I got it from. I know, like, at that time, my parents were going through, um, like, a custody issue. Okay. And that was really difficult for my brother and I to deal with. Um, and then our home lives were just... My parents were, like, the best parents. They tried, especially my dad. He has a single dad. But, like, he had um, and still does, like, he has a drunken problem. I would mm-hmm. say he's probably, like, a functioning alcoholic, would you? Yeah. Um, same with my mom. My mom ha- is a functioning alcoholic, I would say, as well. Um, so I have, like, addiction on both sides, if that makes sense. But, so by 15, um, and it wasn't, like, an everyday thing. I started actually cutting um, using like actual blades. And then by 16, I was doing it every day, multiple times a day. Um, I was an employee at a grocery store and we would have box cutters and I would steal the blades and take them home and use them. Um, but like, I never told anybody about myself harming because everyone that would, you would tell, they'd be, Oh, you're just email. You know, like yeah, that was the that. thing back then. Yeah. Like, you yo, you just email. Like, you're just, you know, odd. So, um... Can I just interrupt a second? Mm-hmm. So, self-harming, like, with the razor blade, did you feel better after you cut yourself? Do you feel the pain while you're mm-hmm. doing it and it made you feel better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um... And it, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal. Like, whatever. It's not yeah. gonna do anything. Yeah. Well, then it got, like, really bad. Um... So then by, like, 16, I'm still 16, I told, you know, finally I told, like, because I could tell, like, it was getting out of control. And I would do it different ways. So, like, if I was angling away, I would use a different blade. Like, that was super jagged. And it, so, like, any, if I have scars on my, like, wrist and my hips, because that's where I did it, and then on my thighs. Um, what kind of things would trigger you to do that? So, clearly, I don't know if you can hear, I have a speech impediment. Um, and oh, yeah, I, I did too when I was young. Yeah, I got bullied really bad for, like, for, and I still do, you know, still people make comments about it. But it was really bad in elementary school. Like, I had, yeah. like, I was in, I was in speech therapy since kindergarten to, like, junior year of high school. When we were, we started speech therapy, we what? started, like, three years old, and then you went through probably fifth grade, fourth grade. I that long? Yeah, Lucas Grove. Yeah, we always Mrs. remember that Cohen. that we would get separated from the class and go to speech yes. class. And we're did, on the same page yeah, here. Yeah, and you did like board games. I'm like, what uh, does this do? Like, and I, we're the only ones talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I always got like bullied for that, and then um, for some reason, everyone thought it was funny that I'm short, so and like great. everyone, I don't know, it doesn't bother me now. But then, um, just like home life, you know, dealing like my with not that my dad was a bad dad. Um, but he has a single dad to three kids, and it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, he always had, like, piece of crap girlfriends and would bring them home all the time. <laughs> God, it was, ugh. 
Um, and then as a child, um, I don't know, maybe like seven, six, um, I was sexually assaulted by someone in the family. Really? And actually, like, nobody probably knows that. Chelsea doesn't even know. Um, so that happened. And that always, like, about, and that was, like, the biggest reason why I self-harmed. Because um, was in the back of your head? Yeah. And I never told anybody in the family, so I dealt with it by myself. And then... Would that, like, so your smaller triggers, I would call it, would that, in the back of your head, would that make your cutting more extreme? Like, if you would yeah. think, you would always think about that? Mm-hmm. So you would just go to that mindset yeah. and just yep. even harder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, 16, I finally told, like, my mom about it. And then she instantly got me into therapy. Um, Is that the first time you went to therapy at 16? Mm-hmm. So all this started when you were young and you kept it to yourself mm-hmm. till 16 is when you reached yeah. out. So at 16, I went to therapy once a week because um, it was considered, like, intensive therapy. And then I was on, like, what they called suicide watch because I did attempt suicide, like, three times. Um, so my mom, Lily, would come check on me 24-7. It was awful. Um, because I – and I tried committing suicide by cutting because um, I knew what vein to go to. And I knew it would be, like, an awful process. But um, – and my mom did catch me in the one time that I attempted – and then, um, so I went to therapy once a week, left, you know, Wetline High School, went to the And then that's kind of like what made me understand everything and make it, that's the first time I really talked about anything in my past. Okay. Um, and then I did that probably for almost a year I went to therapy, like for a good bit. You know, it became once a week and then became once every other week and then once a month. And then eventually I felt like I was safe in a safe zone so it was helping you yeah and then and she had to teach me like how to express myself because like in our family like we do now i feel like we're a lot better about it but what like, do you mean by express yourself like i could never go like as a child up to like my dad and be like hey this is what's on my mind and this is what's bothering okay. me like i couldn't do it i could you relate know? that somewhat we haven't really had those conversations we never really did till yeah. this podcast Jeez. like i'm just learning from Chelsea yeah. here uh, about Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> you just always feel like you have control over things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I feel sometimes. I just, yeah. just don't let anybody else know about yeah, it. Yeah, like I, I always look at it as a weakness, you yeah. know, and that's how I was kind of taught. Like, because my dad, you know, he if he had things that were bothering him, he just dealt with it, right. you know. Uh, did, you know, the therapy and then like what kind of got me honestly out of therapy. So like I was cutting every day multiple times a day like i would come home from school and do it yeah like just because someone pissed me off in school like it was it didn't take much to just any little excuse i could find to do it just to take like some kind i don't know it just any trigger yeah like when people talk about like using like they say like it kind of is like a wave Mm -hmm. that hits them that's kind of how it was with me okay um and then um so i did that until around like 18 and then um, I got what, and like that, my therapist always said, like, but the biggest issue is you're bored. Like, you need to get something to do. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, at 18, I bought my own horse. And then, and horses have always been like a big thing with me. And that's honestly what got me to stop. And I haven't cut since I was 18. That's cool. Um, but then at the same time as like being 16 and, you know, being in therapy, I met my ex. Um, and that's who he was the first person that I actually told 
about myself women and he was the only one that knew about like the sexual abuse when I was younger um like I can even like my husband now like I remember like back in high school he found out that I was cutting and he's like oh my god like why why would you do that that's weird like you know like yeah. t- typical like your email like you what's wrong with you like um and that's stigma right yes there. exactly yeah. and yep. you know nobody talks about it and not a lot of people talk about mental health but especially like with cutting just because it's such an odd expression you know why you're self-harming yourself to make yourself feel better it's I don't know. Um, so then at 16, I met my ex. And um, we were fine, like, no issues. And then the first, like, at 16, um, I didn't know that he had an addiction issue with anything. And I don't think he did at this point in life. So we, like, he asked me out one time, and I was like, no, I don't want to be you. Like, I'm, you know, I don't never was really into boys until that point um so he went home that night and he got himself so intoxicated that he had to go to the hospital for alcohol poisoning yeah um and i was the one that called his mom because he was like he's like yeah i just like took all these shots and i'm like dude like you're gonna die like don't do that so then, and then he wouldn't respond to me, and I was like, oh, my God. So, like, I got, somehow got, I kept calling his phone, and finally his mom picked up, and that's when I called his, like, told his mom, like, I was like, I don't know you, but, like, this is what happened, and this yeah. is what he told me he took. So she rushed him in, they had to pump his stomach, um, and then he got discharged. And then right then and there, that should have been, like, a sign, but I didn't take it as a sign. Um, and then that's when we started dating. Um, I don't know why that should have been, like. Hey, stay away, (laughs) but I didn't. Um, So he never really had an alcohol problem at that point besides that one incident. Um, And then I'm trying to think of like, we kind of were like just on and off like all high school. Um, And then like probably like what, maybe junior year, we were like really not getting along because I found out that he was like selling weed and smoking weed and supposedly everyone in Redline knew that he sold besides me. I didn't know either. Oh, okay. Well, everyone's like, yeah, of course he sells. I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so um, that became, and he hit it so well. Like I had no idea that he did that. I didn't even know that he smoked weed. Um, but then... When 17 is when I started smoking weed as well. Um, you know, my brother, who also everyone knows in my line that smoked, um, yeah. he came to me and was like, hey, instead of cutting, like, why don't you smoke a blunt instead? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's try it. You know, <laughs> like, it's no big deal. And I, I mean, I get what he was trying to do. He'd rather see me smoke weed and then instead of cutting myself because there's a chance you're going to be happy yeah yeah not pain with yeah yeah um so I attend I used to smoke with my brother and then I thought that was okay because I'm like well he's not gonna let me get like stuff that's bad you know laced or anything and I never did have anything like with him um like a bad high um with him he had an issue with it but I didn't um and then my ex and I started smoking weed together and we would drink once you know like junior year like that's what we did on weekends like we drank um and it never became an issue I easily like could stop I think I smoked a couple times like I can probably count on my both hands how many times I smoked not a lot um 
and it never was a thing for me. Joinking, on the other hand, I don't care to joink, but I know when I do joink, I joink until I black out. I just have that mindset, like, I'm going to just chug and chug and chug, and then I am on the ground. So were you cutting at the same time, or did you cut all that out when you started? No, I was still doing it. Okay. I was doing both, if that makes okay. sense. Yep. So I wasn't cutting as much because I was, like, replacing it with marijuana and alcohol. Um, and then, so I still was doing cutting at that point, and then... Um, it didn't make it any easier because my ex was selling marijuana, so he always had marijuana. Um, so I just made kind of better access to it. Same with, you know, my sibling had access to marijuana anytime that he wanted. Okay. So at 17, my ex and I were together at this point, and he broke his ankle. He, like, fractured it. I don't know what he was doing. He used to do, like, like parkour. He used to do those stupid flips. Like, oh, off yeah. of walls and stuff. Okay. Yes. Do you remember that, Chelsea? <laughs> no, I remember yeah. him skating. Oh. Um, so he broke his ankle. They gave him pain pills. Didn't think it was an issue. Um, until I went over to his house, like, the next day that he got released from getting, like, you know, his voice and all that on and cast. And um, he w- couldn't even function like he was nodding out non-stop you know he was just not himself and his mom's like oh it's fine he's on oxy like that's normal to act like that on oxy and I was like oh okay like I don't know so then but his mom gave him his prescription and never watched how much he was taken so this is what kind of got him into all of his issues a couple months later he fractured his spine Spine. Yeah, he did a backflip off of like the top of his house. Of course, what? you're gonna fracture your spine. Like he didn't learn the first time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but at this point, he and I didn't notice it, but like at this point now, like now that I'm looking back on it, like he was purposely not not that he purposely like hurt himself, but he, like other little things he was doing just to get pain pills. So he fractured his spine, got pain pills again. Still thing, nobody watched him and how much he has taken. So he is taken too many so like i remember in school even like my best one would say i remember she sent me a picture and it literally was him over his desk in um math class like hunched over out like out so clearly he took something at this point he kind of became like using it a good bit now that i'm looking back at it like i missed all the signs well like that's probably junior year junior year what year is that um 11. 11th 11th yeah I mean, so you like, guys were seniors and i was so in we were 11th seniors. yeah this is the first time i heard someone that actually struggled with oxy fucking woodpecker. <laughs> anyway because I, I remember reading a book the book that you read oh yeah and they said that they, it would start with oxy and then it mm-hmm. would go forward from that so this is the first time i actually heard because we had this conversation already that we were surprised like we never heard of people that struggled with oxy in in high school, and that was like yeah. the time frame when it actually came out, mm-hmm. even before us. Yeah. So this like is the, the first time that I've that. heard of someone actually struggle with that. Yeah, that's like that was his choice of drug at the time, um, and even after high school, that was like what he used until he switched. Okay. Because um, I was always like, well, what about Percocets? He's like, I don't want that stuff. I'm like why it's yeah it's, it's an opiate like, so people picked the percocet if they couldn't get the oxy yes and that's what he told me like i guess he got a better high off of the oxy versus the percocet i don't know i think they said oxy is more potent oh okay that one makes sense it's more addictive too yeah. i'm pretty sure 
That's people. normally what they give you when mm-hmm. you break a bone yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. the oxy. Yeah. And, you know, at 17, am I, like, I don't know, I have two kids. If my, one of my children broke something at 17, I wouldn't just hand them yeah. the bottle of Oxy, but yeah. that's but, what happened. But back in the day, we didn't know. Exactly. And that's why, that's why these pharmaceutical companies yep. are being sued right now, because yeah. in your generation, yeah. that was just given. Yeah. And yeah. they just gave it. I mean, I know I broke my foot. I fell down the steps and broke my foot, and they gave me that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Austin hurt his knee, they gave us that. And I literally, every other time, and I wasn't even aware of all this addictive stuff when that was going on. I just knew that it was bad. Yeah. So every other time that he was supposed to get his pain medicine, I switched it with Tylenol. Yeah, my mom did the same thing. Yeah, and I said. I had something, and they gave it to me, and she wouldn't let me have it. And I didn't understand why. Like, I I wasn't going to abuse it. I had no idea. She gave me one pill, and then, like, I asked for another one one time, and she wouldn't give me any more. Well, he had a severe injury well so, i had my like, foot i broke my foot too and they gave it that to was 11th then. grade yeah you so they just that. were giving it and, yeah. and that's yeah. what you're reading in the paper mm-hmm. today now doctors are not just giving it anymore because of situations like yeah. this so yeah. he got it before all this really yeah and i guess back then they didn't like you didn't you know. know his mom didn't think oh well you he trust might have doctor. It. yeah 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 so like so a senior year we will not together at this point because he still was like selling weed and I just wasn't part of it. Like I never went out and partied. Like, yeah, I drank, but it was like with just my friends, like at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I never went to parties. I never like went out and did like, you know, other drugs or anything like that. But then um, we went together and then our senior year, we got, ended up getting back together. And after, wait right after we graduated, I got off of my job, went, did my like, you know, horse and you know fed him and all that came and met my ex at his house and i walked into him his sister and a friend um like weighing out and when i say like a shit ton of marijuana it was a shit ton of marijuana i was just like i've never seen that much marijuana in my life like what you see on movies is what it was i was like oh and i like turned around walked out and of course that's when he like came after all and i and he's like i was like what like i flipped out on him and um, that's the first time that he put his hands on me. He slammed me against my core and, like, flicked out, yelling, you know, screaming at me. And, you know, and then I, like, called my husband, who I'm married to now. We were good friends back then. And he's like, um, like, this is why you need to leave him. Like, he's going to continue to do it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was so stupid. And I didn't. Um, and I stayed with him. And he promised that he was done, like, selling and all that. Well, then he finds out that he actually was selling like, he would get all of that large abundance of marijuana from Baltimore, Maryland, drive it up here, sell up here. So, like, his head guy was down in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would drive, like, like he had a BMW back then, and he paid for that, like, straight cash from, like, selling all of his, you know, all, I don't even know what he all sold. So that kind of got us into where we were at just a few years ago. Um and every single time I tried to separate from him, like, even that time that, like, I walked in with him weighing out a whole bunch of weed, like, and he slammed me against my car and he, like, threatened to kill himself, that's always what he did. Like, any single time I wanted to, like, I was like, I'm done, like, I can't do this anymore, like, even in high school, oh, I'm going to kill myself then. So he put it on himself. So, and me, like, being the way that I am, like, I was like, okay, don't do it, like, I'll stay with you. Because I don't want to see, like, anybody right. do something stupid because of me. That's a tough position, too. Yeah. Um, so we graduated high school at this point, and then in March, um, so a few months after I graduated, I found out I was pregnant um, with the, my daughter. So it wasn't planned? <clears throat> no, 
Not at all. And you were... I was 19. 19? Mm-hmm. So there's stigma around people having a child at a young age, too. Would oh, yeah. Would you say so? Oh, I... Yeah. Can we touch on that real quick? Yeah. So I was pregnant at 19, had at 20. It doesn't make it... And so I, there's already a stigma with young moms. Yeah. But then you add not having the dad involved and it's just like even most like um so clearly i was 20 and i did have a job i was a full-time employee full-time college student full-time mom and i had to get wick so that's helped me with my baby's formula mm-hmm. and that's I, a program for women infants yes <laughs> thank you for explaining yeah so that. they help they give you checks so like our tax money goes to it um and they give you checks monthly and that pays for baby food, baby formula. Okay. Um, even when you're pregnant, they'll give you money for like peanut butter, fruit, vegetables, like just so you have a healthy pregnancy. Gotcha. And so I got WIC and every, and they give you these awful checks that you have to take in and you have to get like nine things of formula at a time. Okay. So that would last you like a whole month. Right. Well, every single time, and you can ask like my best friend, she went with me because I always tried to get someone to come with me because I was so embarrassed about it. The lady would, like, the cashier would always just, you could just tell. Like, she was pissed. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, you know, yeah, yeah, mom, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be having, you know, sex at a young age and you want to have, like, I could just tell the vibe was not a good vibe. Yeah. And then I've got asked multiple times, like, right when they would say, like, oh, how old are you? And I would tell them, like, oh, I'm 20. And I would already have, like, I already had my baby at that point. And they're like, oh, I'm guessing the baby dad's not involved. Really? I'm like, no, but... You know, like, yeah, wait away, you know, wait away when someone hears a young mom, it's, oh, you know, the the dad's probably not involved. But you look young. Yeah, I and do. And so they probably didn't even realize how old you yeah. were. Yeah, and I get that. And, and and it's the stigma in the grocery store. How many times? And, and we all do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right. They have they have separate orders and a check laying yes. on top. And yeah. you're always like, oh, God, I'm behind this person. Yeah. Quick. Yep. It's going to take forever. Yes. <laughs> And, and people look at you like yeah. you're trash. And, yeah. and people just assume that. And it's the same thing with food stamps. When mm-hmm. we were growing up, my mom yeah. had food stamps. And we were like, I am not going to the store yeah. with you. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Yeah, but some people like you, you need it. Yeah, yeah, and I did. And that's like, I felt like I always had to explain. And I did. Every single time I cashed out, I'm like, I'm promised I'm like, I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> like, I always had yeah. to like... Explain to exp- Yeah, explain myself that I wasn't a piece of crap. And that like, I had a job and all that. I just needed help yeah. like I paid taxes into this and you know and that's what like my mom would always be like it's okay Ashlyn like it's fine that you need state help it's fine like and I and but that's I, what it's there for yeah. yeah and that's what she's like you know people abuse it you're not abusing it yeah. like you actually need it mm-hmm. um so going back when you cut yourself did you feel like you had to, to tell yourself that you're you're okay and stuff or was that just um you, yeah because you know I yeah because I always thought that I was crazy and like now that I'm looking back, I'm like, no, I just had a mental health and it was not yeah. treated the proper way. Like, you right. know, I was checked out for being bipolar um, because of how my mood swings are. Like in here, it's just, she's like, no, your anxiety is different. Like you don't get anxious. You get angry when you're anxious, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, I always would tell myself like, it's fine. Like, it's no big deal. Like, this is the last time I'm going to do it. This is the last, and then I would continue to do it, right. you know? And then I would go to school, like with my wrist, like all wrapped up because I literally would cut, clean them, go to bed. Oh, yeah. Like it was normal. That was normal to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's, I mean, there's no such thing as normal. No. And I've learned that. Yeah. 
So I had my daughter. So in March I got pregnant. Um, he moved in with my mom because I was living with my mom at the time. Um, and then that's when like kind of all hell broke loose um, because you don't realize somebody's how bad their addiction is until you've witnessed it, if that makes sense. So I never knew that he had an issue until he moved in with us at my mom's. And then I still didn't really like it went over my head. Now he's the father of your daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's the biological father okay. of my daughter. I was pregnant at this point and um, like I started noticing like my money was missing out of my account. Like, I would go up and, like, try to pull out 40 bucks, and it would decline it. And I'm like, what? Like, I just got paid. There was no reason. Like, I don't have money in my account. I would, like, go on to my account and look, and I'm like, I didn't pull out, like, all that money. Like, where did that come from? But I never thought of him. Like, mm-hmm. probably, like, two months, so, like, October-ish. My daughter was doing December. In October, my mom was doing switching laundry. And so my mom's a social worker for children and youth. So she knows about drugs and all that. Like, Mm -hmm. she deals with it on a daily basis. I do not. Um, She was switching over laundry, and she found, like, a screw head. So, like, um, and it, so, like, you know, like, the flat part. Mm -hmm. And then a little baggie and a pipe. And she, like, came up. She called me in, and she's like, is this yours? I was like, what? No, I don't even know what that is. Like, why would I have that in my pocket? And she's like, okay. And, like, she's like, I don't know. Maybe it came out of, like, you know his pocket and I'm like I don't know so like she left to go here I found out like after we separated that she actually did talk to him and she knew that he was using at that point so that's when he was snorting oxy at this point okay um so you know we're 19 and he's snorting right before I had all we stayed together November a month before I had my daughter that's when like we I found out that he was for sure like snorting pain pills um you know, but he was like, I'm going to get better. Like, by the time she's healed, like, I'm not going to be doing it anymore. It'll be fine. Okay. I just believed him. Mm-hmm. December, um, the night before my, so she was, my daughter was born on the 4th of December. That night, I, like, was having contractions. My water broke that morning, and I told him, I was like, we need to go to the hospital and all that. He was disappeared the night before, didn't come home. I don't even know what time he came home. He used to disappear all the time. He did. I told him, like, hey, my water broke, like, you know, we need to go to the hospital, like, he, he would not get out of bed. So, finally, like, I woke my mom up, she almost drove me in, finally, like, she made him, she's like, get your ass out of bed, like, take one to the hospital. Yeah. So, finally, he did, um, and I was in labor, like, all day long with my daughter. He kept leaving, like, my delivery for him, and I'm like, mm-hmm. where was he going? He's like, oh, I'm bored, I gotta walk around. Well, he like, he was going out and Easy. using so and then I found out like after we separated like because after we separated like we had a long discussion um he actually was shooting up at that point already yeah so he went out into my jeep shot up multiple times still pain pills though while you were pregnant yeah yeah I was in like active labor and he's out there shooting up I mean that's just telling you the lengths that people will go yeah exactly oh yeah and right now to us we don't really like wow like that's crazy yeah because we've heard it's not exactly but the people that listening like they they're probably like wow like yeah that's crazy like the funeral thing the fact that our cousin shot up for our brother after Mm -hmm. he passed that was crazy yeah that is crazy that's just stuff that we don't we don't i don't want to say we don't get excited about because we've heard it but yeah like that's crazy Yeah. yeah yeah so he like and he did he came back in and nodded off right away but like 
I don't I just wasn't like not clearly focused on that. I was like, we'll address that later. Like, well, let's address this issue now and get this baby out. Um, Did anyone notice? My Any mom. nurses or Mm-mm, doctors? Just or us. Well, you okay. said your mom knew he was using. My mom knew he was using, and my mom, like, saw him using at that point, and she just, she was, I think, trying to stay calm for me. Yeah. Because um, she was trying not to get me excited. Well, also, like, in the hospital, like, I yep. can't freak out on him and cause a scene. Like, um, at the time, he was going to York College, right? So didn't he say that he was going over to school for stuff? Yeah, so, like, I, you know, after you have a baby, you have to stay in for a couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. And he would leave every single day and go to, he was going to York College. He got, like, a full scholarship to York College at this point. He was super smart. Yeah, super intelligent. And then he would go over to his classes. I still, to this day, have no idea if he went to his classes or not. I like to think that he did, but yeah. I don't know. He did finally admit that he doesn't really, like, he doesn't remember, like, our daughter being born because he was so high. high. And he, um, I mean, he's admitted, like, he strongly, we've talked, like, after we said, boy, like, he he knows that that was clearly effed up, like, but he was just that, if he didn't use, he was going to be sick, and I would have noticed that, so it was just like, screw it, like, let's go use, and then she won't see me get sick, because he would, he would get sick all the time, and then. At that point, like, I just thought he, because he did, like, construction outside, mm-hmm. and I was, like, um, I was probably just from being out in the cold, like, he has a cold. Yeah. No, it wasn't. He was coming down. Um, so, between December and February, your daughter was born at this point. Um, it got worse, like, he wouldn't come home after, like, he would get off, and then he, my money was getting stolen. Like, in January, he, I finally told him, I'm, like, you need to get it, like, you need to get help, like, I can't keep doing this, like, she doesn't deserve this, like, we need to, like, get it together, like, all we ever talked about was having a family together, and then we have it, but then addiction took that away from us. So he tried detoxing himself, and I don't know if you've ever seen someone detox, but it is the most awful thing to watch. I felt awful, because he, yeah, he is throwing up nonstop, he was going to the bathroom nonstop, he just looked awful, but I was like, it's fine, like, you know, so at this point, he was so sick, he begged me to buy him Suboxone. I did. So, because at this point, I'm, like, doing whatever I can to keep, like, our family together. I came, mm-hmm. I came from divorced parents. I didn't want the same thing for my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, not that we were married, but, like, separated parents. So I bought him Suboxone, and it got him, like, over the sickness. But then a couple of days later, I noticed that, like, he was feeling good again. And I was like, oh, wow, like, this Suboxone must be, like, a magic pill. Like, this is great. Can I ask how you got it? I drove him somewhere. I had so no he idea. found it? Yeah. And then you just took him there and got I it? I took him there. I gave him the cash, and he bought it. Okay. Because some of these drug dealers sell Suboxone yes. as well. We learned that in yes. one of the podcasts. And also, like, I had, like, my newborn in my backseat, like, I, I was, at that point, we were doing whatever we needed to, to, yeah. like, get him. I thought I was helping him, and I wasn't. Like, now that I know, like, I enabled him so much. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, he was feeling good, and I was like, oh, wow, like, this is great. Like, you can just stay on Suboxone until you get, like, kind of, I don't know. I thought you just stayed on Suboxone for, like, a week, and then it was just like, okay, you don't use. Like, yeah. I was so stupid when it came to it you were uneducated i was so uneducated you you weren't stupid you were uneducated yeah that's true and all that's what all these listeners are learning like yeah and we're all learning together like we would have did the same thing yeah so he at this point um he he relapsed at that point and i just didn't know it i thought he was just using the suboxone and he'll know he was just relapsed at this point 
So I, you know, it's probably like February. I found out he relapsed. We had a huge meeting with like, you know, my parents, well, my mom, his parents, his grandpa even came up from Maryland and like we had a long talk with him and we decided, because that's when we found out like he was snorting again and like, um, so this was an intervention. Pretty much. Like, we thought that we could do that ourselves, um, and we couldn't. So we sent him to his grandparents' house in Maryland to detox. Um, and then he, and that's when I found out that night, like, his mom admitted, like, she knew that he's been shooting up. And I was like, why didn't you tell us? Like, she's like, well, you were pregnant. I just didn't think that you needed to know. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that would have been important to know because I feel like, and still to this day, I feel like if that would have been addressed so much early on his time, we could have helped him like before it got to where it was at. Mm. He went to Maryland. Two days later, called me balling. Come get me. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm done. Like, I detoxed. I'm good. I believed him. I drove all the way to Maryland, picked him up, took him back home. And he, of course, got back into it. Um, so at this point, he's shooting up. I've never saw it until he got back. So probably like March or April at this point, um, he would always, and Chelsea can, like at family gatherings, he would always go to the bathroom. Yeah. Always. Like I've, I, he would have to leave. Like I had a baby and my, like my bladder was not anywhere where it should, used to be. Like I can't <laughs> hold my bladder. But I'm like, well, maybe he has bladder issues. Like, I don't know. He don't know. He was like, it didn't matter where it was at. We would be at my grandparents' house, and he would be up there shooting 20 up. minutes. We're like, like, what is he doing? Yeah, there? and I'm like, oh, I don't, like, I just made excuses for him because I didn't want my family to know, like, and view, because he wasn't a bad kid. Like, he wasn't. February, he came back. In May, um, like, April, May, I was finding, I started finding pills, like, hidden in our bedroom. And I have a lab. She eats everything. Oh. I am surprised she never ate anything. I don't know. Maybe she did. <laughs> um, but I would find pills, like, all, like, hidden, like, underneath my mattress, like, anything. And I would always look them up, like, you know, because it's some, yeah. usually they're imported. Yes. And it was always Oxy. Always. And I was like, okay, like, at least, and that's what, this sounds awful, but, like, I was like, well, at least it's not heroin. Like, it could be Walsh. Like, it's fine. Yep. Like, he's doing it. Just Oxy. This is when he started, like, no-showing. Like, he wouldn't come home until late at night. Um, he stole a lot of things. Um, he stole from my grandparents multiple times. My grandpa would have, like, cash or, like, just change hanging around. And both my dad and my grandpa collect antiques. And I'm sure things have gone missing. They just don't – they have so many that they probably don't <laughs> they notice. Don't um, I got my money stolen. My stepdad had his money stolen. Mom's ring. Um, yeah, so my mom's custom $25,000 engagement wing went missing, um, and he, he pawned that off. And then, like, my brothers used to have, he used to have tools, like, up in, or, like, garage, he would sell them to get, like, he was just taking things, like, from our house just to, Mm -hmm. you know, sell. It's in May, end of May, I think I want to say May 28th, um, so I was going to take my daughter to um see my horse that I sold so I had a horse at 18 and then I sold him once I got pregnant because you clearly can't do both okay um and I also knew that I was pretty much going to be a single mom at this point so I sold my horse and I was taking my daughter to see and meet him for the first time because I used to go visit him like the owner and I were really close like um and then he was supposed to go with me because he knew like this is the first time I've seen him since like selling him big deal um 
Um, he like was supposed to meet me at our house. Never came. Never came. It was hours later. I'm like, where the heck are you? Like, I'm calling him. No response. I was like, screw it, whatever. So, like, my daughter and I went, mm-hmm. did our thing. We came back. And before I could even, like, walk, like, in my back door, my mom was, like, right there. And she's like, I have to talk to you. I was like, okay, what? She's like, um, there was an a-, a car accident. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, with who? Like, are you? I'm thinking my mom. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, not me. She's like, him. And I was like, oh, okay. And I noticed, like, his BMW wasn't in the garage at this point. And I'm like, is it totaled? And she's like, yeah. So she told me that it was, like, right in back of, like, her house. He supposedly dropped his cigarette and, like, picked it up and hit a parked car. And then, but then he took off running. And the neighbor behind, like, where my mom used to live, we found out later on, like, him and, like, my ex would do, like, together. drugs together and then also sell together. Because in the beginning, like, he was trying to sell and use. And then eventually that doesn't, that's not possible. Um... Because he would use what he was supposed to sell. You know, I I went up, like, right away, and he was, like, sleeping in the bed, and he's, like, you know, I have, like, the most headache, like, and I was, like, well, why don't, and he's, like, can you take me to the emergency room, and I'm, like, yeah, that's fine, I was, like, but you're not getting anything there for, like, the pain that you're having, so I took him into the emergency room, yep, they gave him oxy. Now, did you tell them? No. I didn't know how. And that's what my mom's like, why didn't you tell them? I'm like, okay. well, I didn't know what to say. Like, because he was there and I didn't want him to get like pissed off right. at me and cause a scene. Like, once again, we're in the hospital. Like, let's try not to be, you know, there's people that like, you know, are fighting in the ED. So they gave him pain pills and he's completely satisfied. We came home. Um, he disappeared. And that night... So he worked his car like that day. That night, his mom came, dropped off her vehicle for him to use to drive to and from his job. So that night, um, I go down and he's in the kitchen. And for some, I don't know why. Well, clearly, I know why. Like, I wanted to talk about what happened mm-hmm. because I'm like, one, why'd you run from the cops? Like, because once he got in his car accident, he like took off running from the cops. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why would you? Yeah. So like here he took off because he had stuff on him and the neighbor heard the crash and like saw it was him. So he went, met him. They like handed off all their stuff and then like, yeah. yeah. So we started to like fight in and cause I just wanted, I was like, I, like run me through what happened. Like you dropped your cigarette and then you, and he's like, yeah, I, the car, before I looked up, the car was there. I was like, but it was parked. Like it never moved. <laughs> <laughs> like I know here to find out he actually was high and nodded off and hit the port car. He admitted that like after. So we started fighting and for some reason, I don't know why he did this, but he started to pretend that he had like a seizure on the ground. And it's not funny, but it is funny because like I started giggling because I'm like, what are you doing? Like he just went from like zero to a thousand, like on the ground and pretending he's seasoned and I'm like I don't understand like what you're so I'm like laughing at him and I'm like stop it like knock it off that's not funny like we're trying to have a serious conversation so then he got up and before I knew it I was slammed against the wall getting choked out um and he was like laughing at me and before like until you are watching someone that you love with everything that you have choking you out laughing at you while you're literally losing consciousness like my whole entire like life got flipped upside down at that point um and all he said was is it's not so funny now bitch and I was like oh and I to this day like think that 
if I don't know why, I don't know why he let go, but like I was literally tail. I've done a lot of stupid things. Like I've been thrown off horses. I've been like you know in sports. Like mm-hmm. I was never that scared in my entire life because I thought I was gonna die that night. And all I kept thinking is like my newborn's upstairs. Well, not the newborn. She's a couple months old at this point, like six months. She's upstairs sleeping, and like what if I don't wake up? Like who's she's gonna go to him? Like so finally he lets go. And he walks out the back door. Now, did you fight him or did you just let him do it? I just let him do it. I didn't know what to do. Like, at that point, I just froze. Yep. You know, like, and I didn't tell, like, anybody about it until, like, you know, weeks later. later. And then um, he left, took his mom's car, disappeared the whole night. I was like, like, and I just literally went up to bed. Like, it was nothing. Never once thought about calling the police Mm -hmm. or... Nope. So the next day I told my mom, I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to be with him anymore. Like, and I didn't tell her why. I just told her, like, I can't keep doing this with him. Like, you know, I think he really needs to focus on himself and get his addiction under control. Like, we can't keep doing this back and forth. Like, there was a child involved. So the next day, my mom, God bless all, because she was like, called my brother. And my brother was like, not, well, completely, I'm the hothead. And he is the most (laughs) down to all person. She calls him, and he's just like, hey, we're kicking him out. You need to come up with just in case, like, shit hits the fan. What's he going to do? <laughs> like, nothing. So... And at this point, your mom didn't know what happened the night before, no. how dangerous he could really be. Yeah, no. She had no idea. So, um, he came home, and my mom's like, hey, like, you got to go. Like, until you... You really need to focus on yourself, and I think at this point, like, it's best, like, that the little one doesn't see you like this at this point. Like, she is super, like, professional about it. She could handle him. I just, at this point, I blocked him out. Like, I was just so done. I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to, like, I was also terrified because I know what happened the night before. Like, and um, so he, like, got his stuff. And I'll never forget it. He literally took my sheet off of my bed and threw all of his clothes on it and, like, tied it up and, like, threw it over his shoulder and, like, out he went. I was like... Oh, okay, that's really easy. <laughs> and then, like, literally 10 seconds later, he's, like, opening the garage door and closing it, opening the garage door. So, like, finally, because he, he just was going off at this point, like, he left. A week after we kicked him out, we got a call from his mom that he was overdosing. So we went to the house right away. Also, remember, I had my baby with me. Not probably the brightest idea. Um, and we got there, and he was. He is. There was black like throw up all over the like backyard i don't know what it was or at this point he switched over to heroin and was shooting up heroin i don't know if it was something like like it maybe had fentanyl on it i don't know but it was literally black thick vomit like all over the place they took him into that hospital he wouldn't even talk to me and that's fine like we just were not at good tones at this point mm-hmm. um so they took him to the hospital no i canned him Put him, uh, did he? No. He was 302. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a different time. Um, they discharged him like the next day. Like didn't 302 him, nothing. What's 302? So like, like, yeah, psych ward. So like if you purposely, like if he would have came out and said like, yes, I was trying to overdose on purpose, they would have 302 him. But he didn't. They just thought it was just an overdose and they just treated him and sent him on his way. Mm Mm-hmm. So when they three or two, you don't have a choice. Yes, you yeah. have to go. Is you three or two like a cop term? Like I don't know. No, we used to go at the hospital. Like oh, that person was three or two, or like. And we What's just it stand for. I think mm. it's. I don't know. 
I, I just know. know it's like maybe it's a code board. or something. It might yeah. be. It might be a medical code. We, or something. Yeah. So they have to. Because you always go. see the movies like the cops are like yeah like three oh two. Yeah. I know yeah. that it's like pretty much like against your will. Yeah. Yeah, you have to go. Yeah. Like some people can go to a hospital and say I need help and self admit themselves yeah. and yes. they can check out whenever. Yeah. But if you're 302, somebody put you there for a specific reason, like whether it's the police bombs. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to stay whatever amount of time. Yeah, until is. they tell you pretty much that it's you can. good to know, actually. Yeah, to go out. <laughs> yeah. So he got discharged. Um, this is in June. We didn't talk pretty much the whole time, like once he got discharged. Um, July 18th, I got a text from him for like the first time that I've heard from him. And it was a big, long text about how, like, um, can you do, he was like, hey, can you do me a favor? And I was like, who is this? Like, because I didn't even have, like, it was a whole different number that I had. And he's like, you know, he said his name. And I was like, okay. Like, and he sent me this big, long text. He's like, te- you know, tell, like, our daughter, like, that I always loved her. Like, I can't keep doing this with myself. Like, I don't want to be alive anymore. And I still have the text. Um, and I told him, I was like, I'm calling the cops. And he's like, too late. I already took it. And I was like, are you doing this on purpose? Like, I knew he was being serious. Like, I didn't take it as a joke. I kept telling you. I was like, call the cops. Yeah, so, like, I did. I called 911, and I was like, um, like, my ex, like, just texted me that he's overdosing, like, on purpose. Like, this is his address. This is, and she's like, is he dangerous? I'm like, no. Like, he just needs help. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, what drugs is he on? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he took. I said, and she's like, are you sure he's not, like, armed and dangerous? I'm like, no, he's not, like... He's not crazy. He just needs help. Like, yep. just go help him. Like, he's yeah. he needs Narcan. That's what he needs. all due respect, that's what their protocol is. I know. They gotta yeah. do that I kind know. of stuff. But it's frustrating for it you is. making yeah. a phone call because yeah. you just want help. Because like, you know, but they don't. Yeah. So you know the circumstance. And like yeah. you guys said, like, it, sent, it seemed like forever that I was on the phone with this 911, yeah. like, lady... I'm like, you're missing the... And I was getting, like, I was getting pissed. They keep asking questions. You're like, just go to the Yeah, I was like, just go to this. She's like, yes, ma'am. Like, we have someone on, like, you know, on the way. And I'm like, okay. So then um, they ended up 302 in him. So he did overdose. I know it was heroin. And his favorite, like, thing was um, Xanax and heroin together. So he took, like, 25 milligrams worth of Xanax, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. And then shot up heroin as well. Um... And I only knew that because his sister texted me, like, right after and, like, thanked me. Because she's, like, um, the, like, in the ED, they said, like, if you would have never called 911, like, he would not be here. So he got through your tune. Um, I did go and visit him in the psych ward. And that is the creepiest thing I think I've ever done. Because it is, like, what, I mean, they pat you down when you go mm-hmm. in, like, I sat next to him, like, right beside each other, and I was, like, just talking to him, you know, like, we didn't talk about his addiction, we didn't talk what happened, like, I was just making sure he was in a safe place at this point, point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, got in trouble because I was too close to him, I was like, oh. It's very strict rules, I've been in yes. several of them. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm, so, like, I'm not doing, like, we were not mm-hmm. touching each other, like, we were literally talking, but you have to, like, I guess be so far apart mm-hmm. from each other, um, and then he got out, and then, um, so that was in July. And then, like, after that, we made it, like, I agreed to, like, meet in a public place at this point twice a week, which was, like, a library in my lion, like, um, just in case. Because at that point, like, I hate to say it, like, I didn't trust him because of everything that happened between us. And I wanted to be in the public versus, and he wasn't allowed at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we met. It was going great. We did that for months. 
you know, that way he could see her, like spend time with her. I would sometimes bring my lab up and because we got the lab together. For her first birthday, he came and it was fine. And then January hit, so she is 13 months at this point, And it was just like, oh, hell broke loose again. He went in show. And we had like a five-minute rule. Like, you didn't come after five minutes, I left. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how I want. Like, because I'm not going to sit there all night long. I have a question. If you would never had the kid with him, would you be going to this extent as far as still being around him? Um, we were actually just yeah, talking we just that. So the kid, the kid tied you guys together. We did. I think yeah. It, I think it was a, like a blessing in disguise because we were like, yeah, with addiction kind of running in her family, like I don't like I don't know like where she would have. I don't know. Like him. I could have started clearly using him because he was like my first love, and then we were just like pretty much joint to the hip at that point. Oh, yeah. Like we, I don't know. Like he could have easily talked me into. I would have made that choice to use, but like he could have easily been like, yeah, this is like great. Like, you know, try it. And I might've, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I wouldn't, but you don't, I don't know. It's just crazy to think like the extent you go to, uh, try to help that person yeah. when you already know that they're going down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Like when do you say enough is enough? Like I need to separate myself from them. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and then that goes back to you guys having a kid together, which is yeah. kind of tough because then you guys are both connected. Yeah. And we always, unfortunately, will be connected mm-hmm. in yeah. a point. Um, so, and that's the thing. Like, I wanted I wanted a family so bad together. Like, that's all I wanted. I wanted two parents together. Like, that's all I wanted. So, I did. I did some stupid thing. I bought him drugs. I bought him Suboxone. I drove him to many times to get his drugs. Like, just to do whatever I needed to keep us together. To call yourself a family. Yeah. Like, that's all I wanted. So, in January... He stopped, like, showing up and all that. And and I know, like, he always loved her and he always will love her. Mm-hmm. He just is not in the right state of mind at this And he still isn't. Right. Um, so he finally, like, the one, the last time he saw her was in January. So she is 13 months old. She's going to be six in December. Um, he came and he, like, came and he was, like, all sweaty and, like, huffing and puffing. And I'm like, all right, like, whatever. <laughs> Maybe you <laughs> Yeah, I was like, did you jog here? Like, what happened? And we were, we were like, a, at a decent... I still... I was just trying to, like... I was trying to... Because my mom's, like, keep an open mind. Keep an open mind. Like, just be there for him. Like, you don't have to physically be together. Just be there for him. Because we were good friends before we started dating. Nope. So... And she's like, because you don't know what he's going through. Like, you don't. Like, you got to try to, like, remember that, that in the back of your head. Like, he struggles every single day. Yep. And he still does. So... He came, and he was fine. He was playing with, you know, like, our daughter. And then he brought his friend, um, who was a guy. And he, like, sat down. He's like, oh, you must be you must be the baby mom. And I hate that. <laughs> I was like, no, my name's Ashlyn. And he's, like, going on about me. He's like, yeah, I heard a lot about you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. Like, at this point, my ex is texting me. Well, literally right across from me. And he's like, please take me home. Like, there's got, he won't stop following me. Like, you know, I'm scared. And I'm like, and I believed him. I was like, okay, fine. Like, just tell him that we had to do something for, like, Maya's day, Maya's daycare and all that. And he's like, okay. So we did. And wait when, like, my ex told this guy, like, hey, she's going to take me home. I have to do something. I have to help her with the baby. And he, like, went from zero to a thousand in the middle of the library and I'm, like, packing her stuff up because I'm leaving because I'm, like, uh-uh. Like, I'm not getting involved in this mess. Because yeah. I still wanted to, like, look at him and view him as a good person. Like, I didn't yeah. want to know, like, all the details about his addiction. So 
we went outside. I'm, like, put in my door and, like, you know, in my Jeep. And um, my ex, Lily, just takes off running and leaves me with this guy. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, so I'm, like, getting home in my car. Like, and then I went to start my Jeep. And I had a piece of crap Jeep at this point, And it would not start. And oh I'm, like, gosh. Yeah. It was, like, the oh, worst luck. Oh, my God. And I just don't. I'm, like, I, like, I was so, like, pissed off and scared. Like, I couldn't even, like. I was trying to call people. Meanwhile, this guy gets in his car. He couldn't find it, which was right in front of him at this point. Because he is so strung out and high. Like, I don't know what he took. Um, I know they used together, but, like, I don't know what he took. But he was just in a hole. I don't even know how he drove there. Like, it was was awful. He He came and blocked me in with his vehicle. So I couldn't leave. Not that I could leave anyway, because my Jeep wouldn't start. (laughs) Piece of crap. So I'm like calling everybody. I'm calling like, you know, well, my husband was my boyfriend at the time. And I'm like, and he's like, what do you mean he took off? I'm like, I don't know where he went. Like, you think that my ex would have helped me out? Like his daughter was there, but he didn't. And then um, finally, like my now father-in-law, I got a hold of him. And like my brother-in-law came up and got me and um took me down they were they wrestled so they were down doing like a match he literally like left the middle in the middle of his match and came and got me up the hill yeah. um and that was like and my ex texting me like right after and he's like man that shit was crazy wasn't it oh i was like gosh. are you kidding me i was like dude you left me and he's like no i didn't I, I should like, be laughing about this. It, I know it's, it's not, not funny <laughs> at but the it, time it was like so scary, it was so scary. now we laugh about all the shit but, but it's just like Dude, you left me, like, with our baby. What do you mean it's, like, that shit's crazy? Yeah, I know it was. And he and I was like, you know what? Like, I can't do this with you. You're bringing people that I don't know around, Hall. That meeting's supposed to be for you and your daughter. Like, mm-hmm. I set two days a week aside for you and Hall to make sure you guys continue a bond. And you're abusing it at this point. Like, you're making me, like, you're bringing people. Clearly, I don't know who this guy is, and he needs help himself. That just goes to show how low somebody he, will be. Yes. yes. And it's to hard that. to believe that I'm, you're, because you knew him before that. Yes. Yeah. And I just was like, you're really to this point. And that's when I just told him, I was like, you're clearly at this point, And I just feel like it's just healthier if you don't see her and get it and continue. Because you're going to, if you don't keep, if you keep, like, no showing, and then not only that, you bring someone else around her, like, it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, hell. Because I'm not going to continue to do that. Like, I was just doing at this point, like, anything to protect her. So, that was the last time that he has seen her. Um, she will be six in December. Um, and that's pretty much the last time that I've talked to him. Um, now, he has had um, two other kids at this point in his life. Um, and he, I took him, um, and I'm sure, like, uh, I never, I don't know. I even told him, like, I don't want them to be mad at me. But, like, I took him for his, I terminated his parental rights because he's not what my daughter needs. Mm-hmm. As mean as that sounds. I don't even, I don't know how to, like, world it without coming off, like, offensive. But, you know, I have um, my husband who stepped in when she was, you know, little. And he, that is who she sees as a dad. So I did. I took him to um, this past spring. Yeah. We went to court. Um, and he did try fighting me for his rights. So this was in, I think our first date was in February that we went to court. Um, and getting termination of rights done is just a whole long process. Um, so he did show up and that was the first time that I saw him in years. And he did try fighting me for the rights because he told me like that I 
kept her away from him, which I didn't. Um, he was in rehab at that point again. So here we are years later, and he's still he's still in and out of rehabs. Jail. Um, he's still in and out of jail, and he still is struggling every single day to continue. I think he's clean now. Um, I honestly don't know until I get a domestic relation paper, and I'm like, oh, he must have a job. He must be clean. Like, great. And that's what, like, I don't know if he listens to this, but, like, I don't want – it's – as mean as it sounds, it's too late for my child to have a relationship with him. After 18 – yes, I plan on telling her, like, she is adopted by my husband. Her last name has changed, and his rights were revoked and given to my husband. And I don't want – a relationship with him I don't want that with him at all I mean I there's a lot of damage that has happened but I don't hate him and I was just telling Chelsea like on the way here like I always <laughs> did until I honestly started listening to these podcasts mm-hmm. and it kind of opened my eyes listening to from other like other addicts like what they deal with because I never thought about that mm-hmm. you know like I never thought about like whoa what does he deal with on a daily basis as, you, you hear on these podcasts, it's usually the family or the closest ones that yeah. come, come out first that yeah. are getting the brunt of it. So. Yeah. So, like, I don't want a relationship with him. And, you know, after she's older, like, and we do tell her, like, if she wants a relationship with him, that's her choice. I'm not pushing it on her, and I'm not going to tell her she can't. Yeah. You know, and, like, my husband agrees with me. Like, he's, that's always going to be, like, he's always going to be her biological father and but my husband's always going to be daddy to her yep. you know he stepped up and did what he needed to do to have a relationship with her and give her what she needed that my ex couldn't give her yep. so but he has two other kids and i pray that eventually he does get help and he is there for those two boys because it's not too late for them i mean they're still little mm-hmm. and boys need their dads in their life you know yep. And that's the thing with addiction. He's going to struggle with it the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's crazy because addiction, you know, they he was straight A student, mm-hmm. AP classes, full scholarships to go to college. All we ever wanted was a family. That's always what he told me. Like, oh, I can't wait to like have a baby with you. And, you know, and it took it from us. Yep. It stripped it. It didn't care that he was a dad to be. It didn't care that he was, you know, super intelligent. And he was going to be an, he wanted to be an engineer. Like, it addiction didn't give two shits yeah still won't either no mm-hmm. like it's crazy and you know you think that and that's what i always told him like you've hit like when are you gonna hit rock bottom like when are you gonna do that like you think overdosing would be it you think like losing us would be it but it's not and i mean here he is with three kids all together lost rights to one and he still has not like he it just he he needs to I don't know like when he goes to rehab he goes around here and it's only for like a couple like two weeks. Like people that we went to school with, I found out like years later like that's oh that's like a good friend of mine like her siblings the one that used to give like sell him the pain pills. And I'm mm-hmm. like dude like we were close like mm-hmm. and you were okay with that. There's no boundaries with no things. like really their mind. Yeah. I think it comes down to having self-awareness and um like self-belief in yourself yeah and it, it's just crazy to see like and there was there was because that's what everyone and still to this day everyone's like how did you not know that he was using i missed all of those signs look at us but i was so <laughs> uneducated yeah. on it that yeah. i didn't 
like my mom only knew because she deals with it yeah. i had no idea like i had no idea what the extreme was and even after we separated like because i'd be like well, i don't understand like just quit and he's like you don't like once we separated and before like he stopped seeing her like we did have a sit down meeting like after he got out of the psych ward the second time um we did because i just wanted i wanted to know like what did i do like what like could i have done something different like did i did i not love you enough like did i not give you and like you know because you do like families i feel like they blame themselves at first like we don't we just had that yeah yeah like what could i have done different and he he is he's like nothing nothing he's like i need to do this but i'm not ready to yet but like and that's what like you know a lot of people are like well i don't understand why they don't quit you know like you know, they just keep getting oil canned and that's, that's where the choice and uh, yeah. disease comes in. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that easy. Like he doesn't want to do this. He does not. And he vote, he's told me multiple times, like multiple times. Like, I don't want to be alive. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I can't keep yeah. doing this anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's not, it's not, I don't know. It's not for the weak. As like, mm-hmm. weird as that sounds like addiction just is one hell of a life cycle. Something that we'll never understand. No. Unless we're in it. No. Yeah, it's crazy. But your story ties in. I get emotional. Like, you can see I'm tearing up. Yeah. Then I stop. And then I listen. <laughs> and then I talk in my head to myself, like, don't cry. I'm going to be emotional right now. But you had so much stigma in your life. Mm-hmm. It started with the mental health issues, the cutting, yeah. you know, the drug addiction. And Email. in your mind, yeah, <laughs> that. But also, you had this vision what you wanted mm-hmm. for your family. And you went to extreme lengths and put yourself yep. out there because you wanted two parents for your daughter yep like kudos to you thank you and like that that just makes me think like we all have these dreams Mm -hmm. and you never gave up no and you're still not like you're still defending him today yeah like you could hate him yeah you know but you're still saying maybe someday there's a choice like that had to be hard to remove him oh yeah and but you're still here and he's done all this and some people could take it like he was an asshole. He doesn't deserve this. Yeah. And you're still today not defending him, but understanding. Him. Yeah. And, yeah. and not judging him. And yeah. so you've just overcome so many stigmas yeah. through your life. I mean, you dealt with this issue after issue, different yeah. issues. And now today you have two, two children, mm-hmm. you know, and you're telling your story and you shared stuff. Chelsea said she wasn't going to talk. She yeah. said a couple little yeah. things, but like... And she probably learned stuff today, too, that she didn't know that you kept to yourself. And so I'm just sitting here and I get teary-eyed because to this day, you're trying to understand. And I think these podcasts are helping people understand. She even brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. Because lots of times people are like, that's a piece of trash. Yep. And, and I used to be yeah. like that. Yeah. And I you, did. And you deserve that. that because yeah. he hurt you. And that's what, yeah. like I said, like I like I said, I don't want a relationship with him. I'm not yep. going to ever, like, we're never going to be friends. Like, yep. never. But I don't hate him. Mm-hmm. And I used to say that all the time. Like, oh, he's a piece of shit. Like, you know, like, I used to, like, when people would be like, oh, well, where's her dad? And I'm like, oh, he's a piece of shit. You deserve to say that. Yeah, I mean, feel, and that's but... how, and, and but that I was still healing. And it took yep. me a long time. And then, honestly, like, once I kind of, and I did, I went to NA meetings. And they didn't seem to, I don't know, they just didn't, they opened my eyes. But they didn't teach me what I needed to be taught. And I did do therapy, like, even, like, we tried doing therapy together after we separated just because I wanted that, I wanted a family, you know. And then, but that didn't help, you know. 
because he didn't like that because the therapist was like, well, you need to get your, you need to get it together, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and but therapy's same thing. not easy. Yeah, yeah, but then. <laughs> Same thing. Like, I just, I hated him. And I'd always tell, like, even, like, to the family, like, I just, I despise him. And then now, like, that I've been listening to, like, the, you know, the addicts talk and how they, what they go through. I don't want to say addicts. But, like, those who I've used, what they go through. And it opens your eyes, like, yeah. you know, so every Sunday morning, like, well, not Sunday morning because I have two kids. And it's, <laughs> we can. listen to it in the car. <laughs> so, like, usually. Monday morning going to, like... All week long, it takes me pretty much to listen to, like, one podcast. But, yep. like, that's what I do. That's my time. I don't get a lot of time by myself. Yep. Um, so that is, like, and it's it's just really opened my eyes about what they have gone through. And, like, all the hell that they go through. And they still will always go through, like mm-hmm. Dom has said. Like, yeah. he knows that he will always struggle with this and wake up and deal with it. It's not just one of those things, oh, okay, you're clean for a couple months. Like, it, you're done. You're done, yeah. And we oh, all, yeah. like, kind of felt the same. Like, we were like, oh, he's a piece of shit. Like, because we seen what she went through. It, you know, we felt for her, like, it, we seen it firsthand at my grandma's house. Like, they would argue, and he would leave constantly, and he would be at Rudders, and, oh, I have my mom's card. I got to switch cards. Yeah. It was excuse after excuse. And, like, I said to her, I kind of agreed with Dylan about, like, I used to always be like, it's not a disease. It's a choice. But after listening to this, and, like, we don't know what they go through because we haven't ever experienced it. And we kind of just felt, like, for her... And what she went through with him, but now it's kind of like changed our eyes. Like mm-hmm. it's it it's hard what they go through, and and also like when we went to court, um, so we had three court hearings. The first time he tried fighting me for my rights. The second time he came in and he after he talked to his lawyer and pretty much I guess his lawyer told him like she has a lot against you. Mm-hmm. So like in the state of Pennsylvania, if you don't financially help your child. And he didn't, he didn't, I had child support like with him, but I don't ever get it. Um, or you don't physically be there for your child within six months. That's legal abandonment in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, he's past six months. Um, so, and then also he has a lot of, um, he has a record like with, you know, drug use and stealing, mm-hmm. like the typical, yep. like what they get charged. Cause he did, he stole things and he got charged with it. Same with possession charges. So he... The second time he came and he, you know, we were prepared to fight him. Like, I had my family there to go and stand and everything. And then he came in and he's like, I'm going to sign my white double. He consented. He consented. And when I say I've never seen, and on, like, my, so my husband's not, if, he sees, like, the outside. So he has seen, like, when we first got together, I was having panic attacks every single night. My husband couldn't even kiss me because I would literally just flip out. I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to be, like, I didn't want affection. Like, I didn't want anything like that. And, like, he, I, my, it was awful when we first got together. Thank God he stuck by my side. <laughs> um, but he saw that side. So he, not that he hates him either, but, like, he saw, you know, now his wife yep. go through a lot of things. Same with my family. Like, they have every right to feel the way they do about him, too, because they saw how I was affected and how Maya was affected. She's going to be affected by it, whether yeah. I want to say she's not going to be. Event- like, I hope she doesn't think anything bad and, you know, blame herself, but it's going to affect her in her future, and I know that, and I've dealt with that. But he, in the second court hearing, he broke down when he signed off his rights. Like, cause the judge said, like, even said, cause he's always wiggled. Are you under the influence of any drug? Asked him right then and there on this, you know, after he like pledged in and all that. 
and he broke down he's like i know that this is the best thing for her so like he knew like he knew and he's like i know i messed up like i know i wasn't there for her like and i know i wasn't there for like ashlyn and like my husband stepped up and like he's the dad that like you know she needs and then was it you're gonna make me cry (laughs) so then after the second time so he did he signed off yeah and he broke down, and he was, like, banging his head off against the dead. Like, he was just going through it. And my husband, who is, like, I don't know if you guys know him. Like, if you know him. Okay, so, like, you, he's a tough guy. He started bowling, and I'm like. He's a teddy bear inside now. <laughs> he <Yeah>. is. <laughs> so, like, he is, like, no, he's going guy. through it over here. And I'm like, I have both of them on this side. Like, and I'm super pregnant. Like, and I'm just, like, trying to, like, get it together and like Suck it up, guys. yeah on, like <laughs> all my husband wanted to do he's like all i wanted to do is like thank him yeah like i wanted to go and like still to this day like my husband wants to write him a little didn't and he th- thank donald on no the stand? no he wanted yeah he did on the stand and then afterwards he was coming up to us and he was gonna shake i think my husband's hand but then like you know, when you see him, yeah. he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then he walked away and then he went out and then like, and he even said like on stand, like I never, I wasn't there for her and I didn't make good decisions for her, but this is the one decision I need to do for her. Yeah. That just proves we're all it's human. Respect. Like, yeah. Exactly. We're like all he, the same. Yeah, yeah, he's not, he just, he's sick. That's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's sick. Over. And yeah. you know, but at least he, and you know, he, and we all like really respect him. For yeah, and that's what that like all of us. Thing. We that's went good. to like lunch afterwards, and we even like my whole family. Like we were all like, my dad is not. I mean, his daughter went through a lot of things, and his granddaughter was involved, and he's just like you know I fully respect him so much more. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he that had and that's what like my husband said. Like I he even like to this day he can't talk about the court hearing because he's he he it breaks him down because he's like as a dad like i don't know how you can sign your rights of all Mm -hmm. but he just he knew so deep down still like he is a human and he still knows right from wrong and like he knew that like what he needed to do for her and like we fully respect him and you know we've learned a lot of healing and not hatred and you know he just he has a problem would you want him to hear this podcast? Um. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Like, he, I don't know if he does, but, like, you know, I hope one day he does get help, and I hope he realizes that, like, you know, he can move past this, yeah. you know? So, if... I think that, that in the court, that was a big step for him. It was. And it was awful. Like, as much as, like, and that, you know, like, I always, like I said, like, I hated him. I always used to say, like, oh, I can't stand him. Like... Yeah. If he, you know, if he OD'd, like, I wouldn't kill. Like, it wouldn't affect me. Mm-hmm. But it would. Mm-hmm. You know, like, deep down, like, I still, well, not, like, have a love for him. But, like, I know, I knew him before he became an addict. Yeah. And he wasn't a piece of crap. Like, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he had a rough childhood. But, like, he had his shit together. And then addiction set in. And it took everything from him. And he's one of those yeah. classic ones. He had an injury. He got stuck. Yep. He's yeah. the ones that you're hearing about on yeah. television that... Even that book that we read, yep. like he started with pain pills. And he it, did. And, and some people do it recreational. He didn't start because he wanted to party. Mm-mm. He started because he had injuries. And, and we talk about, you know what, we, we understand, but it's okay to understand. But I also feel like, you know what, but that was your choice. Yeah. I mean, you, you made this decision and now while you appreciate and you understand the addiction, they have to want to change it. Yeah. So right, signing that over to you, 
I think is a huge step. Like yeah. some of the experiences and the people that I talk to, I know someone else who, I, I don't know if he signed his rights or whatever, but he's not seeing his son right now. Yeah. And um, like, I respect that because mm-hmm. that means that some people look at like, he doesn't really care. Like yeah. he just signed that over. But it, in my opinion, it's so opposite that they care mm-hmm. enough in that moment. He knew that it was the yeah. right thing to do for you and for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And they understand that part. So that's the first step. Yeah. And, and someday maybe they will have a relationship yeah. and maybe they won't. Yeah. But it's good that he did that so that your daughter, he doesn't, she doesn't have that in and out constantly yes, it's in her life. Yeah. It's confusing. And nice thing about you is, I mean, it's sad that you experienced mental health issues as a young age, but now that you're aware of it and more of you young people are talking, not just on this podcast, but more younger people are realizing that they've had health mental mm-hmm. health issues at a young age now your generation is going to be able to openly talk about it for your kids that are yeah. growing up and, and and chelsea has kids too yeah. and so it's going to help you recognize it's not going to be that stigma anymore like i have to keep this quiet something's wrong with my kid mm-hmm. because in your era and i remember when my kids were little everybody was on that one drug everybody had adhd oh, adderall. adderall was yep. it yep yeah, that's like the first thing they put everybody on. just yeah we just put that and and even the teachers oh they're acting up in school well let's just give them yep. that because that's yeah. what they have and the parents trust the doctors and they're like okay like my kid has it. i remember going to like basketball games and stuff and everybody's yeah. like oh yeah so and so like he took his pills this morning and mm-hmm. i'm like this is crazy yeah mm-hmm. they're just kids and, yeah and i never experienced it with my kids um but yeah and so your generation is now going to recognize and you're going to see your daughter, and you already are preparing for that. Mm-hmm. You already just said at her young age she could have been scarred from that. Yeah. So, like, I appreciate what he did. Like, yeah. it is a definitely an unselfish thing that he did, and mm-hmm. we all have learned that addiction people, there's, they're selfish. Mm-hmm. And so that was one step. Yeah, yeah, we can sit here and bash on him yeah. all day about the wrong things he did, but he he admitted to it. Yeah. His thing, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I respected that fully because I was like, oh, you know, Cause I was pale. I'm like, he's not going to show. He's not. And he walked in. I'm like, oh my God, he showed. <laughs> and I was surprised, but like he, and then once he started fighting, and then I think after he like went home and sat about it and like discussed it with his, clearly his like loyal. And he was just like, yeah, I, I know what I need to do. But I also think he was going to fight me because he had other people telling him to do it. Exactly. I don't think he would have ever fought me if somebody else didn't tell him to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's in every situation, in every case, divorce, yep. this, yep. That it's it's all the background chatter and they don't really know what they're chattering about yeah. they don't know the circumstance so i appreciate you sharing this today well, like thank yeah, you for having I appreciate me it. i appreciate you opening up to us like it helps people so yeah. people that are listening now are hearing your story and and they learned a couple things and like you've overcome so much yeah, and yeah kudos to you thank you uh, just so you listeners uh, know, the book we were talking about, it's called The Fifth Vital. If you want to go check it out, uh, I suggest it. It's a really good book and explains addiction very well. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you came on. Chelsea, yeah, I'm glad you were here. Yeah, thanks, Chelsea. Yeah. Do you have any questions for us? No, I don't think so. Thanks for having me. I was nervous to like wage out, but Chelsea's like, do it, do it. I was like, but I'll it's okay, right? Awesome. And I just, yeah, I just was like, I don't want to come on and be like, you know, 
just because I feel like I get a lot of stigma from like yeah. taking somebody's parental rights away that was an addict, and you know, I was told like before, like, well, maybe you should have done this instead of this, you know, to support him better. I did everything I could. Yeah. You, know? you did what was right, and yeah. you answered for yourself, and and yeah. that's what we're learning. Like, not even just through this podcast, Austin sends me motivational speakers and stuff, and people today got to stop worrying about what other people mm-hmm. are going to yeah. say live for you not for someone else yep. mm-hmm. in Definitely. your heart you're going to do what you want to do for you and your best intentions nobody does wants to do anything wrong yeah, yeah. like at not any of us yeah we always are doing the best that we can that we think we're doing the best and to your point even the wick thing like yeah you know, now you'll go in the grocery store. Austin will go in the grocery store. Now it's a car. I ain't so waiting that fucking line. I know. Now it's, a, it's, it's so easy. Now. It's so much easier. Yeah. But you know what? You still do it. Yeah. I still do it. And I always say, like, I don't judge people. And I don't judge them, but yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm behind yeah. this person. Yeah, I can tell by out. what's on the conveyor belt <laughs> that it's coming out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's coming out. It's the cereal, the milk, the cheese. Yep. And, you know, yep. And I'm like, here we go. I hope this goes smooth. I hope they knew what they could purchase. Yeah, yeah I know what did. Yeah. So, so uh, awesome. anybody wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? Um, like Facebook would Facebook. be fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm open. Like, especially like, I tell people all the time, like, if you need someone to talk to, like, come out to me. Like, I am not perfect. I've had my issues, clearly. Um, but I'm always an open book. Like, That's I cool. will always help anybody in need. You know, as much as I can. Is it Ashley and? Guerrero, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Yeah, okay. I can it. Yeah, Guys, I can't even get... say it, right? <laughs> say it, Guerrero. See, you can say it fine. Oh. <laughs> we don't have speech impediments. Yeah, <laughs> why don't lie to us? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, thanks. Yeah, we'll uh, catch you on the next one.